good here? Good day, everyone. Pastor Tony here. I wanted to bring um, uh, something to you based on Luke uh, chapter 16, verse 11. I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles there. The entire, I'm going to be referring to really the entire chapter, uh, but specifically one verse, uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 11. Um, you know, years ago, I've been in ministry for about uh, 30, 30 years, man. And when I first started out in ministry, my, my old pastor used to tell me, um, every year preach on tithing once a year. And I was like, all right, yes, sir, I'm going to preach on tithing once a year, right? But then I realized just in the last uh, maybe 10 years, which is pretty recent, that there are such, there are deeper principles than tithing, right? And I'm going to explain that. And, um, and I'm just going to go all in. We're going to have some fun today. Is that all right? Money, may, talking about money, especially in church, especially with church people, um, makes church people feel very, very uncomfortable. But yet, you guys have heard me say this. Um, Jesus talks about money more than any other topic. And because uh, he knew that money was going to be one of those touchy subjects with, with folks, right? Um, so we're going to talk about the topic of money. And I've been praying that we experience a real paradigm shift. I want you to have a super paradigm shift. I want God to change your mind uh, regarding your attitude on money. I want God to change your mind regarding your attitude on finances. I want God to change everything, especially now. I just read an article couple, uh, this week, two days ago. By 2023, the state of Rhode Island is going to have a recession. So I said, no way, absolutely not. There's recession, there's inflation, there's depression. But we don't think like that. I, I want you to know that what happens around us does not have to happen inside of us. And we're going to have fun today, and the only reason why is because Americans, Christians, um, have this awkward uh, disposition when it comes to possessions and finances. They get very offended, they get very touchy, and it seems like when people are broke, they get very stressed and upset, and when they have, they want more. Um, and there's this overly protective approach. So I'm not going to approach today's topic gingerly. I'm just going to go in, all right? And you guys can um, comment and say amen, and we're going to have somebody monitoring your comments. So stewardship, let, before we even go into our scripture, let's go, let, let's look at stewardship, all right? Um, stewardship is you are a mere handler. That means it is not yours. A steward is someone who is entrusted with the care of the possessions of someone else, all right? So what everything that you have, is not yours, all right? I mean, even, you know, people go, yeah, I own a house. You really don't own the house. The bank owns the house, right? So let's get that in real clear perspective. Stewardship is you are a mere handler. It's essentially how you're managing things you have oversight, how you're managing things that you have control over, all right? And, and so the whole element of tithing in the church, are we supposed to tithe and all that stuff? Well, I'm going to give you some perspective. The Old Testament saints tithe because they had to. Like they were going to be struck with lightning. They were going to be cursed. They were going to be judged, right? The New Testament process of giving 
as stewards of things that don't belong to us, everything we have belongs to God. So if the Old Testament saints tithed, the New Testament saints, we have the understanding that tithing was for the Old Testament saints, and they had to tithe because they were going to be punished. So if all you do is, right now, I'm going to say this, if all you do is tithe as a New Testament saint, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, then you belong in the Old Testament. I'm going to say that again. If all you do, if you have your calculator, and you times point one zero to the penny, that's what they did in the, in the Old Testament. So you belong in the Old Testament. So this is what Luke 16, 11 says. Luke 16, 11 says, if you are trustworthy about worldly, uh, if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Another version says, if you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with, eternal tr with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world? So we're talking about material possessions, and then we're talking about spiritual possessions. We're talking about earthly wealth, and we're talking about spiritual wealth. So if you're unable to handle earthly possessions and wealth, how in the world do you think you'd be able to handle the higher wealth, which is the wealth in the spiritual world? And I said this this past Sunday, and, and I'm not saying this as a declaration as much as a, as a fact, because I know firsthand that there are folks in Restoration Church right here in both campuses in this church that are on their way to become millionaires. And the reason why is because they've, they've grasped and understood the power of generosity and stewardship. They, they, they get it. They they, if they have a dollar in their pocket, how can I glorify God with this dollar? If they have a $10 bill in the, this, how can I glorify God with this $10 bill? A godly management is something that you have power over, okay? It all belongs to God. So when we give New Testament generosity, grasp this. New Testament generosity comes from the notion that it doesn't belong to you. You got that, all right? When we hoard and when we're selfish, we, we, we're living by the notion it's all mine and I got to protect. First of all, it's not yours. You don't have to protect what's not yours. It belongs to God. So generosity comes from this notion. Old Testament saints, tithe. New Testament saints, tithing is just like training wheels. You've heard me say it almost every week. It's the beginning process. So what's prompting this message is, is a couple of reasons. The main reason is there's been much talk about the coming inflation, recession, what, whatever, whatever is coming. There's a lot of talk, and I'm concerned that we've been using language that celebrates panic rather than promise. All right? So when, when the nation of Israel went to the promised land and, and, um, and Joshua and Caleb came back with a report, and then the other spies came back with their own report, so Joshua and Caleb came back with a report that was consistent with the promise. They rendered their language. They rendered a report that was consistent with what God said. So I know there's a lot of talk about the coming inflation recession. Some people are posting pictures of how much it's costing to fill their tanks and all that stuff. And you know what? Are you using language that's celebrating panic? Or are you using that language that's celebrating promise? I could tell you one thing. The media is using language that's celebrating panic. 
So financial stewardship is using language, or I should say spiritual financial stewardship, is using language that elevates promise. The promises of God are yes and amen. And I've been taught a long time ago when I was a kid that God is my supplier, right? And so today I'm asking the Holy Spirit, based on the stewardship notion that comes from the Bible, um, and the generos ge generosity notion that comes from the Bible, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help us look at how we spend. Okay, this is what Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16, verse 2 says this. This is the story where Jesus is talking to the uh, disciples, but the Pharisees are overhearing. <laughs> the Pharisees are always the one overhearing and want to gossip and want to badmouth. But he's talking to the disciples, and he's talking about his disciples that the boss came home and found the manager that was not being a good steward of the finances, right? So this is what he says in verse, in verse 2. He says, give an account of your management, all right? So th th this is talking about spending, stewardship, generosity, and Luke 16 speaks of a manager needing to give an account of what he's overseeing. The boss comes home. Jesus is telling this parable. And he says, give an account of your management because you are no longer my manager. Now, in the Hebrew, management means, in the Greek, rather, Hebrew, me, uh, uh, let's get this straight. In the Greek, uh, management, give an account of your management means stewardship. So what Jesus, what the rich man was asking the manager was, give an account of your stewardship. It's time. It's like this. God is giving you a heads up, and he's going to come. The boss is going to come home. You're the manager. You're overseeing. You're managing. You're stewarding. The boss comes back, and he, and he says, listen, I'm coming home. Give an account of your stewardship. Basically, what he was saying was, let's take a look at your bank statement. Let's go onto your bank app, Right? not going to go on I'm just showing you based on your bank app we want to see what's important to you we could easily if you were to print out five pages of your bank statement and put it on a screen people would see okay that's important to them a, a, an incredible vast cable program ESPN that's important that's important to them the pay-per-view channel that's important to them or giving to different uh, 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 501c3s, this is important to them. It's important to them that they give to orphanages. It's important to them that they give to societies that support the, 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 the cure for cancer. Based on your banks, because if you're not managing currency and material possessions, the manager says, the boss says, how can I trust you with spiritual currency? So, and now we're in the process of Joseph, right? We're kind of following the life of Joseph. And when power and influence and money came his way, how he managed that power, how he managed that influence, how he managed that money brought glory to God. That's the bottom line right there. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. How he managed his power, his, his bank statements brought glory to God. How he managed the, the influence brought glory to God. How he managed it. Your financial integrity determines your level of spiritual promotion. That's what Luke 16, 11 says. 
your financial integrity. So the, I'm, I'm preaching the, the, the motivation behind this is because let's do away with language that celebrates panic and let's use language that celebrates promise as it relates to our finances and material possessions because it's not ours anyway. And the second reason is because June 25th, one of our own financial gurus, June 25th from 9.30 to 2.30, Keith Kelby will be talking about money management. Let's talk about money. We're going to talk about kingdom elements of handling money, practical, budgeting, all that good stuff. So if you want to say, no, not if you want to, you need to sign up. It's 25 bucks, MomentumResourceCenter.com. Make sure you sign up. So back to Luke 16.11. Your financial integrity determines your level of spiritual promotion. If it says right here, if you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, you sh why should you be trusted with eternal treasures of the spiritual world? So Jesus is talking to the disciples, but then takes a side and then rebukes the Pharisees because they were listening in. <laughs> the Pharisees never really have a front row. They always want to be in the back kind of listening in, you know. It's, it's people in the nosebleed section are your greatest critics, man. The people who have the cheapest seats want to speak the loudest in your life. I got people like that. Those were the Pharisees. Now, Matthew's version of this story in Matthew chapter 13, verse 12, it says, whoever has will be given more, and they will be given in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from. And, and I've always read that scripture growing up as a kid thinking, man, this is rough. Whoever has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they will, ha even the very little that they have, will be taken away from them. And I've, I've always thought that was a like a uh, man. So if the p people who are living in poverty, the l little they have will be taken away, and those who are rich, they will be given more. And that's not what it says at all. What Jesus is looking for, when it comes to the way we handle our money, is faithfulness. If you are Faithful with the little, you will be given more. If you are given $10 and you can't handle $10 in your pocket, you're not going to be given more. Even that $10 is going to be taken away. And this is the, the difference between responsible versus thoughtless. Rash decisions. Irresponsible decisions. This is why we encourage people to make a budget. Um, some practical ideas. Gas is going up, obviously, right? Are we going to start running around like crazy people and, and post on Facebook? No. We're going to decide, okay, these are the kinds of things that we're going to do to be good stewards of our money. Gas is up. That means we have to change the way we go. We are eating patterns, the sideways spending, right? Make smart decisions, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the higher principle of stewardship. The higher principle of generosity. And this is why we've transitioned from talking about tithe, 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 to now generosity. Everything you have belongs to the Lord. Everything you have belongs to the Lord. So when we, the generosity again is that notion. This is not mine. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you with what you have given me. So tithing for the New Testament saint. Is our starting point, man, because they did that. They didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that and even more. Panic is the devil's love language. Promise 
is God's love language. The riches of this world, money, is powerful, but nothing is compared to the promises of God. And the promises of God is heaven's currency. Now, this is it, right? right? We're talking about earthly currency, heaven's currency. Earthly currency is money, finances. And currency is a current. It always should be flowing and moving, right? If we hold on and hoard, there's no blessing on that. Heaven's currency and riches is healing, favor, faith, wholeness, peace, gifts of the Spirit, salvation, abundance, prayers answered, my family is saved and whole, breakthrough, and I declare that every generation in my family will be blessed. Money cannot do that. Come on now. Money cannot do what I just spoke. Heaven's currency purchases things that money cannot. All of heaven was bankrupt when Jesus died on the cross. That's heaven's currency. So if I can't handle worldly currency, which is pretty powerful, I'll never be able to handle heaven's currency, which is, again, healing, favor, faith, wholeness, gifts of the spirit, peace, salvation, that every generation in my family will be blessed and whole. God, I want to be trustworthy, worthy of trust, faithful and responsible with the earthly form of riches so that I can experience promotion. Now, let's think about how you're handling your finances right now. You're praying for, you're praying for a spiritual breakthrough. You're praying for fam your family members to be saved. You're praying for healing in your body. But according to Luke chapter 16, verse 11, if you can't handle the earthly treasures of this world, how are you going to be able to handle the heavenly treasures of, of, of the promises of God? This is what Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 says. Whoever loves money never has enough. That's wise. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. Don't allow planning for your future to outshine planning for eternity. Wherever your heart is, that is where your treasure is also. Credit cards. Every time, every time I go to, would you like to open up a credit card? I'm at Burlington Coat Factory. Would you like to open up a Burlington Coat Factory card? What am I going to do with a Burlington Coat Factory credit card? No, this is, this is what I always say when somebody wants to ask, when somebody asks me, do you want to open up a credit card? I say, credit cards are from the devil. And they go, wow, you know what? You are so right. I know there's few people that could use it to, to fertilize their credit and pay off the home out. Be careful with credit cards, overspending, going out to eat, sideways, sideways spending. And the, the whole element of stewardship is this, right? If you struggle with tithing, if you struggle with giving, it's not an issue of money. It's an issue of stewardship. And when somebody mismanages their stewardship, there are other areas of their life besides money that are being mismanaged. I'm going to put that out there to you. I want you to feel the weight of that, man. So it's not an issue of money. This is why Jesus brought up money, because it wasn't about the money. It was about stewardship, of all things. If you have an issue with the stewardship of your finances and material possessions and tithing and giving and missions, it's not an issue of money. 
It's an issue of stewardship. And as a result, there are other areas of your life that you are not stewarding well. Maybe relationships. Maybe your relationships with your spouse. Your relationship with your children. Maybe how you handle yourself at your workplace. How you drive. How you, how you take care of your home. How you take care of your body. What do you eat? I'm, I'm telling you, think about it. And I've been praying that the Holy Spirit convicts us all. Matthew 19, verse 21 says this. The rich man, he says, sell everything you have and give to the poor. Then you will have a treasure in heaven. Then you can come follow me. See, the issue here is this rich man was obsessed with material possessions. And God was calling him to a higher possession, a higher treasure. So he was rich toward himself, but not rich towards God. I pray today that God helps you take a fresh look at how you've been handling your money. And a big test is Luke chapter 16, verse 2 again. Give an account of your management. Give an account of your stewardship. The boss gives him a heads up. He says, I'm coming. I want to see your bank app. Download it. Print it up. Give me the last six months. I want to see. And this is what God is. And obviously you don't have to do any of that because God sees how we spend. God sees how we're stewarding all, all things. But I pray that God, the Holy Spirit, would really convict us and paradigm shift us and not give like we're in the middle of a panic and give like we're in the middle. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite testimonies besides salvation is, is, is financial testimonies because it's always, it always involves people stepping out. Always involves people stepping out. So this is my prayer. I wrote this prayer for myself. You can follow along. You can, and I'm going to read it twice. So the second time you can repeat after me. And this is what I wrote. I said, Lord, open up the windows over my life and family. May I experience healing, favor, faith, wholeness, gifts of the Spirit, peace, salvation, fruit of the Spirit. Lord, equip me to handle earthly possessions well. I don't panic or process according to the world's procedure. I live in promise. I use language that celebrates promise. I make promises etched and I live in promises etched in favor and faith. I am ready for promotion as you see fit. Help me to be a good steward of the little so that one day I could be a good steward of the much. So I'm going to pray that again. Lord, open up the windows of heaven over my life and family. May I experience healing, favor, faith, wholeness, gifts of the Spirit, peace, salvation, fruit of the Spirit. But Lord, equip me to handle earthly possessions well. I don't panic or process according to the world's procedures. I live and promise. I use language that celebrates promise. I live in promises etched. My life is etched in favor and faith. I am ready for the promotion as you see fit. Help me to be a good steward of the little so that one day I'll be a good steward of the much. Come on, let's pray. Father God, thank you. Oh, Jesus, you're so good to us, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you helped us. 
you helped us big time, Father, Holy Spirit, to shift our responsibility, to shift our focus, to shift using language that celebrates panic and use language that uplifts promise, God. I pray that we would be a good handler of the little so that we could be a good handler of the much. Father, I thank you. And I pray that you convict us, Lord, that we would change our spending habits so that in the next several months, our bank statements will look completely different. This way, if we're ever needing to give an account of our management, Lord, we would continue to be able to be your manager and steward. I thank you, Father, for financial miracles based on, let the, the breakthrough here, Father, is obedience to principle. I thank you, Father, for this breakthrough, that this next breakthrough is us changing our behavior inspired by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, in your holy and precious name. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you around.